How we looking? Saying hi to Bob, Ray, Cassidy, and uh, Levitan. I think Levitan, that's their last name, but Levitan. Good stuff. And um, thanks for us. Uh, thank all over the state of Wisconsin and beyond the borders. And uh, Levitan actually listening to us down in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. And we've got David who listens to us every day out in uh, Sun City, Arizona. And then uh, this one's from uh, my cousin Mark who listens in Bright, Indiana. Bright, Indiana. So there you go. Good stuff. Uh, Chris says, how about the huddle coming to the Madison area? Maybe pulleys. We have not done anything in the Madison area. So uh, if they if they put something together, we will be happy to do it. We'd be happy to do it out there. I love doing the show on the road. I'm all for it. If you can't find a bar or restaurant, I'll have you in my apartment, Bill. If you just want to come take in the city, okay. I'll say up in the corner. It's only one. It's one big room. Uh, but I'll we just can do that. I'll go in the bathroom or I'll stay in the studio, and and you can have a run of the place. Well, we can do that. I'm all over that. Uh, this is from. Uh, this is from. This is. Uh, oh, oh, yesterday. Okay. So he, he, I kind of a long, goofy email, but uh, this is from Julian, who says, "I saw you yesterday." Uh, what are you looking at for the Christmas party and then gets into Barcelona? I, I, I have got the old fashioned, I guess is the best way to put it. You've been, you've been to the house. You've been to the bar downstairs, the wagon. Oh yeah. The wagon wheel. Okay. So I've got these older bar stools that are down there and they are what is called like first mate chairs. They're the old four legged kind of the, the spindle arm chairs they look like they belong on a pirate ship okay mine are the ones with black leather on them and it's pounded in with the you know the round-headed nail type things and uh the problem is the bases on these things are starting to disintegrate and the ball bearings have come out and they're just kind of weak uh and i cannot find for the chairs that i have i can't find the bases and i've gone to restoration companies and looked to buy these chairs new it's like 300 400 a chair so because of the style they are, and they're very old, they're, they're an old-style chair. You just don't see them a lot anymore. So you got to find them, and they're in specialty companies now. Um, so anyway, long story short, I went to a, a barstool place near me, and I cannot believe how much barstools cost. I mean, for something that's decent, okay? Um, like the ones that I have in the studio, and I've talked about this, they're 250 bucks a piece. But when you get down to it, you look at the shipping. The shipping's like $150 to $200 a piece. It's, it comes to like, you know, $450 a bar stool. Now, don't get me wrong. They're the most comfortable stools I've ever sat in in my life. And I thought, boy, it'd be nice to have a couple of these, you know, for the bar because I enjoy going down to the bar. And right now the bar stools are so rickety. You're kind of, you, you know, you feel yourself kind of hanging on, you know, as you sit there. You're not relaxing. You're, you're kind of hanging on to make sure you don't move in a certain way because you don't want the thing to go out from underneath you. So I did. I went and looked at barstools. I can't get over how much barstools cost. I just it's it's beyond belief to me. So I thought about maybe getting uh, of the ones that are here in the studio. I thought about maybe getting six of these and just biting the bullet. But when they sent me, I, I called for an estimate. It was it was like twenty three hundred dollars for five barstools. That's a tax and shipping and the whole thing. I'm like, I can't, I can't justify that. I, there's no way. I, but I can't get over how much barstools cost. Are they shipping them from the moon? Where, where are they? Where are they coming from? Um, there's uh, a place called East Coast Bar and Chair. 
I think is what it's called, uh, is the actual title of it. But, but it's East Coast Bar and Restaurant Chairs. And they, it's, you know, it's a small company. It's in uh, uh, Pennsylvania. But they ship them on flatbed trucks, and they stack them on, like, pallets. And they send you these pallets, and you, you, have, to, you have to unload it yourself. You have to put them together yourself. And they, I mean, they basically tell you, we're going to send them to you. And if you're not around, you don't get them. Well, we're going to take them back. And then you have to pay to have them shipped to you again. I mean, this is kind of a, kind of a, a douche move, to be honest with you, for the amount of money that you're paying. But they don't care because they've kind of got a corner on the market for what it is they make. And I, I love these chairs. I could sit all day in these things, uh, you know, short of reclining. They're fantastic, but I just I can't justify that. So I was yes uh, to, to for Julian's email. I was out yesterday at a local place looking at bar stools, but they're the same. Some of them were five hundred and fifty bucks a chair. I am am I the only one that looks at that and goes, "What the hell?" You know, I can't imagine like being a bar owner and trying to put in decent chairs that are going to last a long time for for that kind of money. It's like holy mackerel. So anyway, um, thank you for the email, Julian. But yeah, I was out looking at. Barstools. You are uh, you are not wrong here. I put a box of pita chips back on the shelf the other day because seven bucks seemed like a lot. So no, you are yeah. not wrong about barstools. Yeah, yeah. I uh, the one good thing that's been going on since Kristen and I have been kind of working out and kind of watching what we eat is the amount of money we've saved on food. Now some food, like like you just stated, some food when you go to eat healthier is actually more expensive. Some food is ridiculous, and I won't pay that. But, like, you want to get into really good high-end protein bars and, and things like that. I mean, some of these things are like seven, eight bucks a bar. That's more than an entire – I mean, I can eat – you know, you can eat two dozen eggs for that. You know, I, there's your protein. And then, again, you're getting a lot of the trans fat with it. But I'm like, wow. You know, it costs you even more money sometimes just to, just to try to eat healthier. You know, especially when you're trying to buy some of the stuff. Now, I'm not a big organic person. I – you know, like whatever, you know, I, I get it if you want to keep your body chemical free and all that kind of stuff. But I'm not a big organic person. But God, some of this stuff organically is ridiculously priced. I figured it would be more for the chemicals and the preservatives. And it's not to keep it organic is is crazy ridiculous. So I'm, you know, I don't know. We'll see what I, I wake up one day and I'll go, OK, maybe I want this or maybe I want maybe I'll go downstairs tonight. I'll watch game seven of the uh, NLCS sit downstairs tonight, maybe have a cigar, and then think to myself as I'm sitting in these chairs, like either one, I can live with it, or two, maybe I will bite the bullet. Who knows? Just charge it or something. I don't know. But not sure yet. We shall see. Uh, 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. If you want to give us a shout, feel free to go ahead and do so. By the way, I, I did want to get into this because I we talked about this last week, and I haven't mentioned it since. What is the offseason going to bring for the Milwaukee Brewers? And one of the biggest questions still remains is, will Craig Council be in a Brewers uniform next season? And then what about Corbin Burns? Because we know Brandon Woodruff had season-ending shoulder surgery. So, uh, But I said at the time, either you're going to get an announcement this week between the end of tonight and the beginning of the World Series or right after the World Series. That's when Craig Council will make up his mind, and then you'll hear about it in some kind of shape or form. But you've got some decisions to make. Uh, you've got a deadline to exercise some contracts. And Adam McCalvey just wrote about this, but you've got club options for Mark Canna. Uh, you've got a $2 million buyout, or you pay him $11.5 million. Andrew uh, Chaffin, Chaffin, 
$750,000 buyout or $7.25 million. Justin Wilson, $150,000 buyout or $2.5 million. And you've got a mutual option on Wade Miley. You can buy him out for a million bucks or you're going to pay him $10 million. Now, the next significant date to know is November 14th, which is a deadline for clubs to project uh, or protect, I should say, prospects from the Rule 5 draft. And November 17th is the non-tender deadline. The later date is the deadline for teams to commit to continuing into the arbitration process with their eligible players, which the Brewers, they've got some tough calls. They've got Willie Adamas, Corbin Burns, Adrian Hauser, Hobie Milner, Joel Piamps, uh, Tyrone Taylor, Rowdy Telez, Abraham Toro, Devin Williams, Bryce Wilson, Brandon Woodruff. They're all eligible. Now, Woodruff, obviously, that's an easy one. Because, you you know, he's not even going to play for you next year. We're going to examine the whole group, you know, later on down the road. But the Brewers face big decisions, uh, you know, up front. They went into last spring with Burns, Woodruff, Peralta, Eric Lauer, Aaron Ashby, Miley, Hauser, all lined up uh, as deep and talented in that rotation. But things change really quick. And, you know, not only is Peralta a lock for 2024, but Burns, <laughs> excuse me, arbitration eligible for the last time this winter. And while Arnold, Matt Arnold, has said earlier in the month that he expects Burns to again be, uh, you know, the front man for Milwaukee's rotation next season, typically the time when teams consider trade options before a star player gets away via free agency without netting anything in return. So Woodruff and Hauser, they're in the same contractual spot right now. So in the minor league system, the Brewers' options include the lefty uh, Robert Gasser, the righty uh, Jason Junk, uh, and perhaps uh, the righty Carlos Rodriguez. Uh, once he logs a little more time in AAA. But um, you've got, <coughs> excuse me, you've got quite a th- few things to think about this year. And where can the Brewers improve offensively? I mean, they need to do it. I mean, you had, uh, you know, the major league this season, uh, you've got uh, some talent and young players, Bryce Terang, Joey Weimer, Sal Freelich, Montesario, Blake Perkins, all made major league debuts and showed that they can, you know, they can have a little bit of a role on a winning team. And, you got Abner Uribe uh, as well, who showed his wear. So they, there's a lot of things coming up. But the number one thing right now is um, is is whether or not Craig Council is going to be back with the team. So I think uh, I think that's their first first notch, and then you kind of figure it out the but from there. But uh, again, if Council comes back, where is the team? What kind of money are they going to spend? Who's going to be available in free agency? What what kind of dead wood do they want to – I can't imagine Rowdy Teles being back with the team. I can't. Um, that was a very lackluster roster spot for him for what he did this year. The year prior, when you paid him as opposed to everybody else in the free agent market that was starting to get paid big money, he was an absolute bargain, a steal for the amount of money uh, that you were paying him and the numbers that he was putting up in the power department. But this year – if you're not getting power numbers out of him, you're not getting anything. It, it, it becomes a detriment. It's a sinkhole on the roster. And this year you didn't get that. Now, granted, there was a couple of spots like that. But when it comes to Rowdy, I mean, you, you know, you've got, you've got decisions to make because you've got to upgrade the corners uh, of your roster, and that being third base and first base. You've got to figure out what you're going to do at short. Was Willie Adamas just a – he had the power numbers, but was he an apparition when it came to a low batting average and a low OPS or – do you say, okay, it was just an off year, or do you say, you know what, that's probably typical of things to come, and maybe we cut bait in that area too. I, I don't know, but they've got uh, they've got a few things to figure out. And then 
You know, you got Garrett Mitchell that's going to be coming back. You've shown that Sal Freely can play right field. You've got good speed in the outfield. Joey Weimer's got to go away and figure out that swing because that thing's absolutely awful. But Weimer's a hell of a defensive outfielder. So you got you got some good things on the horizon, but you can't go back into next season with the with the same group of guys and expecting a different result. You just can't. Because I think this year was probably a year in which they just figured out ways to get wins along the way. And if you don't get better, you're getting worse. And I think they need to get better. They need to upgrade at a few different areas. So uh, anyway, that being said, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Uh, give us a shout, uh, and uh, we'll go ahead and, uh, and see if we can't get you on the air quicker, sooner rather than later. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Pottawatomie Hotel Casino. And at Pottawatomie, got the Rockin' Brews. They've got uh, the uh, the Dream Dance Steakhouse, Ryu, which is another terrific place to go eat. 360 Bar, great place to meet and have a couple of cocktails with some friends. Uh, maybe even take a break in between some gaming, whether it's the slots or the table games. You get bingo upstairs. You've got the sports book uh, and the temporary, as opposed to the uh, big, massive one that's getting ready to open probably in March. So many good things. And, oh, by the way, they've got a first-class hotel attached to the front end of that building as well. That's Pottawatomie Hotel Casino, Milwaukee. Goes to go to paysbig.com. That is paysbig.com. And go have yourself a whale of a good Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. All right, Team Pella, listen up. Thanks, John Kuhn. Customers love our products with limited lifetime warranties. Check out these big plays. Incredible innovations like blinds and shades between the glass. No interference on that play, coach. And stylish windows with hidden screens that make game days a breeze. Can it get any better? It can. With monthly payments as low as $19 per window, $75 per patio door, and a free quote at PellaWI.com. Let's go. Whether you're looking to replace older damaged windows and doors or just wanting to revamp the look of your home, Pella offers a wide range of styles and materials to match your home's unique design. Hurry, take advantage of monthly payments as low as $19 per window and $75 per patio door at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Get your free quote today at PellaWI.com. 6.99 APR for 120 months. Certain restrictions apply. See showroom for details. Offers on Of you uh, who have taken the advice and headed out to uh, JNL Tire and Service Center, they're in uh, Watertown on Boulder Road and Johnson Creek at the Johnson Creek exit, just above 94. You can't miss it from the highway, and both places they can handle whatever your needs are. If you are looking for a sedan, minivan, SUV, or a big rig over the over the road. They've got uh, they've got all the tires for all of that. So uh, check them out again. Uh, that's JNL Tire and Service Center. And the same thing, whether it's brakes or oil changes or you know engine work, whatever it happens to be. I mean, they can do it all out there. They're full service. So uh, and they want to say thanks for voting them the best tire dealer as well. But uh, the big thing, JNL Tire and Service Center. Not only are they good, they're trustworthy. They back up their work, and they are very very philanthropic in the community. They're just awesome people. Awesome people. 
So Lyle and Chad and their staff out there at the one in Johnson Creek, that's the one I go to. They're just they're just great. So thanks to them for being a part of the program. Um, Mike says he's a little worried about my cough. Maybe take a break from the cigars. You know what's funny, Mike? Uh, I As much as I talk about the cigars, I haven't had a cigar probably in a couple of weeks. And I've had this dry, it's like an itch in your chest. It's just It's just there. It's just an itch. And that's the reason I cough. That's it. That's that's the weird thing about it. Nothing more. It's not like I have an obstructed airway or I'm I'm sick or anything like that. There's nothing. It's just I get this itch in the middle of my chest, and I can't. You know how you need that <clears throat> that that kind of cough that really is a deep. Cough? I can't get that cough, so it feels like it's always like a tickle, and I just can't get rid of it. And it's been there for a while, and I have. Um, I'm trying to think of the last time I had a cigar. I didn't have one over the weekend. I was going to have one last night, and I didn't. I grilled out last night. I did a lot of stuff around the house, went and did a little running around. Um, which, by the way, I uh, did some running around yesterday. I, I went to a Stein's. I'm trying to find old school, the, the, the Christmas lights that are the little tiny mini lights, but I'm trying to find like a soft white. Because you can't, they, they call it warm white, and it's LED, and it's bright. I've got an older pre-lit Christmas tree that part of the tree is out. So I was trying to find lights that would match it, and everything that's LED is so bright, you can't find it. So I don't know where to find old-school little mini Christmas lights that are the soft white. I can't find them anywhere. So I, I thought I had them. I thought I found them, but I, I they, they weren't the ones that I needed. So... Um, so, yeah, that's what I was out running around doing part of yesterday uh, after I ended up going to the barstool place. But anyway, that being said, I did come home. I did grill out. I did get some, st- some stuff done around the house. And same thing tonight. Same thing tonight, man. I, uh, I'm going to get outside. And, and maybe it's just allergies. I don't know. I feel okay. But maybe it's allergies with everything flying around right now. But I have got to get outside and to cut the grass today. That's, that's a must-do. Not that I'm looking forward to it, but I got to do it because otherwise the rain's going to hit. The weekend's going to come. And by next week, we're in the highs. Highs are going to be like in the upper 40s, low 50s. And we've even got some freezing temperatures coming where you're going to get down to like 25 next week. Hard freezes coming. And yeah, once that happens, man, the leaves are going to fall like crazy and I'm going to be buried. And there's no way I'm going to be able to get my yard done. So uh, there you go. Um Four Paddles says, what's your go-to meat market in the Milwaukee area? Oh, hands down, Robert's Specialty Meats. Get the ribs on a stick, the chicken skewers, uh, the bacon wrap fillets, uh, or the Al Capone sausages and grill those up. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Uh, this is from Jake. says, I've had a freaking cough, a freaking cough for a while now. Uh, same thing. Do you think it's COVID-related? I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. I, I don't want to get into the whole conspiracy theory and all that kind of crap. I don't want to sound like Aaron Rodgers on the Pat McAfee show. I have no idea. I just take it for what it is anymore. Everybody's got an opinion. Everybody's got something to prove something. Everybody's got an aha moment. Everybody's got to screw you. My way's the right way. There's no there's no consensus. So it's like, okay, look, I just take care of myself. I do what I can and go from there. Um. This is, <laughs> Chris says, my wife tears me up over the LED lights due to them being so bright. And 
this is this is who's this from brandon brandon says uh, hey unit the led brights uh, the led lights are so bright they're hard to look at on my christmas tree the colored ones uh, i had to change back to the old big bulb lights that we had from years gone by um yeah you know what uh, i had it, it depends on what you buy i guess uh, you know, when you look at it in the store, you can tell if you're going to be able to stare at that thing or not. You want something that you can look at. Grant, do you decorate the apartment for Christmas? Or do you uh, decorate the, the girlfriend's apartment for Christmas? No, we, we decorate. I want to get a tree this year. I didn't last year because I like coming home and having a tree with some lights. Yeah. You know, so normally now, I go to go Goodwill real? and no. Do you go real? No. I go to Goodwill and pick one out of the bin in the back. That's normally, that's normally really? what I do. Yeah. Huh. See, my, the, the tree I've got this year, see, what I need is like an eight-foot tree that's skinny for the upstairs. I've got a tree for the great room. I've got a tree for the, the wagon wheel. There's another tree in the front room that sits in the window. But the, but the tree for the front area, the lights have gone out, and it is a tall eight-foot tree, but it's got to be skinny because it can't take up a bunch of room. It's got to sit, like, off to the side. It's not... The, like, like the Christmas tree, Christmas tree, so to speak, where all the presents go. But I need, I need something like that. And when you go to the stores, I was, I was looking. Uh, I walked through Steins yesterday. I'm like, holy, four hundred dollars for a Christmas tree for you know, for a tall, skinny one that's really just more of a decorative thing than it is actually your Christmas tree. Like, there's no way. You know. Anyway, Mark says Christmas. We need to win games, right? Well, ask. Ask Santa for some more wins because I don't think there's going to be many other ways to get them unless Santa delivers a few of them, to be perfectly honest with you. Uh, yeah, I know. It's too early to start talking about Christmas. I have to because of the schedule, the way it works out. You know, gone next week, midweek, uh, not a lot of time, a lot of stuff going on next weekend. Um, then the week after that, I think I'm home for a few days. And then the week after that is you get into Thanksgiving and going to be gone. I'm going to be on the East Coast for uh, almost a week and then by the time you get back you've got uh you're into december you're into that first weekend of december and then a week after that i got a, a big christmas party at the house and that's it that's it so I, I don't have a lot of time i gotta get things decorated before i leave for thanksgiving but i am looking forward to thanksgiving thanksgiving is one of my more favorite holidays i have to admit it's number one on my power rankings i don't think it's yeah. close I, as a kid, I loved Christmas, but Christmas now, I mean, uh, you think about everybody that's not there and the way Christmas is used to be and all that kind of stuff. And Thanksgiving, I have come to just enjoy. Uh, I love getting up and checking out the parade. It's not something that's like must-see TV. It's something that I turn on in the background. And I cannot watch uh, NBC's coverage of it because it is so much crapful hype it isn't funny. So I can't, whatever I watch, it's not NBC. But I'll watch the parade, um, you know, have it on in the background. It just kind of feels like the holiday. And then after that, man, it's football. Football, football, football. I mean, I enjoyed the holiday. Back when I first got divorced from my, my second wife, Judy, and we were really good friends, but I had, it was my first, she was going to go away to her family and see her, her kids and stuff, and it was just me, and I had to work. Um, that weekend, so I couldn't go anywhere. I couldn't do anything. I'll never forget my first Thanksgiving. This may seem sad, like really sad, but my first Thanksgiving, 
when I had gotten divorced was I went out and bought a turkey loaf, which is like a Stouffer's. It looks like a meatloaf, but it's turkey. I bought a turkey loaf. I know how to make, you know, I know how to cook, but I bought the turkey loaf just because it was quick and easy. And I bought that, made some mashed potatoes and gravy, had some creamed corn, had some applesauce, the whole thing. And I made three plates, three big plates. And I built boxes, big boxes, so Mickey and Elmo, my two dogs at the time, could sit at the table with me. So I moved the boxes away from the table. And then I made the, and they're both just like drooling and salivating the entire time. They can't wait because they smell food. So I made this dinner. I had the TV on right next to the to the dining table uh, in the next room, so I could see the TV. I made dinner. I poured myself a big, like I don't know if it was like a sixty ounce mug of beer. Like three beers filled this thing. Easy four beers maybe. I filled this thing with beer, and I put the dishes down. And then I, because I, both my dogs were pretty good. They've both been through uh, school uh, for obedience. So I made them sit. I moved the boxes. I had carpet on top of the boxes. I moved the boxes next to the table. And I said, okay, up. And I sat and ate dinner with my dogs. Now my dogs were done with their dinner in about eight seconds. But I, that was my first Thanksgiving. And that was like the best. Sort of when, when you're a kid and everybody's coming over and you're at grandma's house and all your siblings and all your cousins and everybody are there. But I sat there and I ate dinner and it was just me and it was just the dogs and we it was just such a cool time. And I know that sounds sad, but sometimes you gotta find yourself before you realize, you know, relationship wise what you can and can't do. But that was one of my best. I, I'll never forget that. That was one of the best Thanksgivings ever. So Thanksgiving always holds an incredibly cool place in my uh, my my to do list, so to speak. Right. I mean it's up there with like Fourth of July. Fourth of July, you're outdoors, it's summertime, hot dogs, hamburgers parties beverages and all that kind of stuff but so anyway there you go that's it. i know that sounds kind of sad <laughs> sandy says oh my god that's the saddest thing i've ever heard it was great it was it was an awesome time i had a lot of fun made dinner for me and the dogs you know i uh i sat down and watched some football they laid down because they were stuffed to the gills and it was a great night i drank beer Got a little bit of a buzz on, watched the games the rest of the day, did some of my work, sat with my laptop, and went up to bed. That was it. It was awesome. Absolutely awesome. Uh, on that note, <laughs> let's take a quick break. We'll come back. we got a lot more to get to. More of the Bill Michael Show. we got some buy or sell coming up. Stay right where you're at. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. The all-new Potawatomi Casino Hotel has something you gotta see. Play more slots and games, and you could say, show me the money, to reveal up to 10 grand each Thursday. 800,000 in prizes is up for grabs. 40 winners each week. This October and November at Potawatomi, Milwaukee, when you're ready to win, just say, show me the money. More info at PaysBig.com. Must be 21 years old and a club member to play. Good to have you back. The Bill Michaels Show. We continue on. 
877-867-1670. You want to find us, please feel free. Go ahead and do so. This portion brought to you by our friends at Boondocks, Barbecue Burgers, and Brews, which actually we are going to be doing a show there coming up too. Uh, most likely a Sunday, maybe a, a post-game show, but we're going to be doing one there as well coming up. Uh, i got to just work out the details with that. But Boondocks, Barbecue Burgers, and Brews, not only a terrific place to just go take a load off, watch the game, and enjoy yourself, but also – uh, they cater, uh, whether it's the food truck or catering for an event that you may have coming up, maybe even for a holiday party. Don't forget, uh, give them a shout. Boondocks, boondocksbbqs.com. Follow them on Facebook, Boondocks Barbecue Burgers and Brews on County Road K in Oconomowoc. Good, good stuff from our friends over there at Boondocks. Good stuff. Uh, let's do this. It is time now to get to buy or sell. Let's do it. I'm so happy. I've been looking forward to this for three and a half hours, and I enjoy every. I'm so happy. I enjoy every moment of the program. Don't get me wrong, but I think I got three questions: a little baseball, a little football, a little bucks. I think this is the perfect buy or sell. So I'm very excited for this. Let's start with All right. baseball. Uh, we had the Rangers advancing in the ALCS last night in seven, and either the Diamondbacks or the Phillies will look to do the same tonight in the NLCS. Both of these series started with one team taking a 2-0 lead. And then lots of twists and turns. There was a bench-clearing brawl back and forth. And ultimately, both of these series go all the way to seven games. Buy or sell, Bill. The last two weeks is evidence that every playoff series in every round needs to be seven games long. No. Yes, I'll go along with that. However, I got a caveat to that. Okay. The caveat is they got to shorten the season. That's fine. To get to that. I, I mean, I would love to see the season end before you get to October. I'd love to see, see the season end when football kicks off, which is the second week of September. So by the time you get to October, you're into a World Series, possibly. But that's that's the way I want to see. Like, the second week of October should be, like, right now, you should be, you should, your, your World Series should have started this past weekend. And not go up against November, so I, I'm I'm all for it. I, I'd love to see seven game series in the postseason. Hell yes, um, but they got to shorten the season to do it and to take money out of the pockets of the owners. Never gonna happen. Two never weeks. Never gonna happen. What are, what are we gonna take away? Fifteen games. That's not the end of the uh, world. If it's two weeks, 14, 14 days. Uh, say it's seven at home, seven on the road. It's seven home games. And if your team's in it, you take away seven home games that say on average 30,000 people. That's quite a bit of money by the time it's all said and done. They don't want to take away from their bottom line. All right. We get some revenue sharing from those nationally televised playoff games, though, don't we? You there's, do. There's a you lot do. of money coming in in those nationally yeah. televised games. So I, yeah. I don't know the numbers. I'm not an accountant, but I, I just watched these championship series, Bill. This is why we love seven-game series is because both yeah. of them look like they were over until they weren't, and you get all these big swings and, I don't know, a three- or a five-game series. It's just it's lame. Because figure it this way. With travel, games, because they give you more time off and everything, it would be if they all go the distance, it's it's 28 more games. Sure. By the time you figure it out, it's 28 more games. It's not, you know, it's not horrific. So I, I'm, I'm all about it, man. I'm all about the seven-game series, but I'm also all about either shortening the season by, you know, and think of it this way. You take a week off of the end of the season, and you take a week off of the beginning of the season. Quit starting the season in March. 
Start the season the second week of April, and you'd be better off. It's fine with me. At least you'd, you'd, at least you'd find some better weather in some of these areas. Because just two weeks alone make a big difference, especially the further you go, say, south of the Midwest, we'll say. It, it just gets better. So i do that in a heartbeat. But, yeah, I like seven-game series. It's been good. It's fine with me. These guys play every day for six months. A couple of extra right. playoff games is not going to hurt the quality of, of baseball. It's it's right. an everyday sport. So I, I think we agree there. Buy or sell. Let's talk a little bucks. We talked to Jim Ozarski earlier. If listeners missed that, you can find it in the podcast later this afternoon. Giannis signed an extension yesterday to remain under contract in Milwaukee until 2026, 2027. Giannis won Milwaukee its first title in 50 years. He's won two MVPs, a Defensive Player of the Year, and lots of other awards, All-Stars, All-Pros, that kind of thing. There have been books and movies made about his story. So, Bill, buy or sell, when all is said and done, Giannis will be the most important Wisconsin athlete of all time. Oh, crap. Right? Wow. Um... Boy, that that's a hell of a question. Because you're going up against Robin Yount, who kept the Brewers relevant when they weren't. Craig Council, both as a player and a manager, who kept the Brewers relevant when they weren't. Brett Farr, bringing the title back to Titletown. Bart Starr and his run. Reggie White coming to town. Wow. Um, and that would make him even more relevant and popular than, say, Oscar Robertson, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Ron Dane, who came with the relevancy of Wisconsin Badger football. Man. There's, there's probably not a right answer here, but right. I don't think you can definitively say he's not the most important player ever because no. it's this part. Favre, Favre and Giannis are similar to me because Favre kind of brought the Packers back into relevancy right. and, and brought them that title that they looked for for so long, like Giannis has done. But then he went to Minnesota, and I, I don't yeah. know that Giannis, we haven't seen his career play out yet, but I don't envision Giannis going scorched earth and going to Boston right. and, and turning, even if he plays somewhere else, he very well might, you know, years down the road. I would say I'll sell on that, and here's my thought. That's fine. The number one thing in the state of Wisconsin is what, Packers? That's the that's another problem is he plays for the Bucks, which is not right. everybody's. Exactly. You know, the number one thing in the state of Wisconsin is the Packers. Number two was keeping the Packers here. If it wasn't for Brett Favre and the success that they had with Brett Favre and Reggie White and Ron Wolf and Mike Holmgren and that, that, that section, that era of history, then I don't believe that the Green Bay Packers are still in the state of Wisconsin. Then again, you could say the same thing about Giannis. Giannis is the one that got the Pfizer Forum built yep. with new, mo- new owners, new money. Otherwise, they're off to Seattle. That was a very real – I'm going to say, yeah, I'll, I'll buy that. I'll, well, I'll buy that. you know, in football, basketball, it's a good it's a good comparison. I'm not taking anything away from Favre, but Favre did it in connection with Reggie White, with right. with Harlan, yes. with well, Giannis, and it's the nature of the sport. So it's not anyone's fault. It's not Favre or Giannis' fault. But Giannis had more agency as an individual right. than maybe yeah. Favre did. It's a really interesting thought experiment. Favre, Favre and Giannis both kept franchises in the state of Wisconsin. Yeah, and kept them relevant. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll buy that because Giannis did it more by himself, and he also liked it. He did it this way. I know the Packers are a huge draw internationally, but Giannis did it because of being an international player, 
and making his home in Milwaukee and then signing yet again to stay here and keep this thing relevant. I believe that if he does win another title, he will be celebrated, uh, probably the most celebrated, short of baby Bart Starr in the state of Wisconsin. One thing about Giannis. I mean, his legacy will only go behind Bart Starr. That's it. Sure. I don't I don't disagree with that. I, I one thing I really like about Giannis, and this is something that's really rare in the NBA these days, is I, I think when Giannis speaks, he's being honest. He's like, hey, as long as we're committed, I'm gonna sign. And I don't think it's a right. coincidence that the first time he signed his max contract, his first supermax, it was right after they acquired Drew Holiday. And this time right. it was right right after he acquired Dame. So he's basically saying, Hey, give me a little bit and I've no problem staying here, yeah. and he's held up his end of the bargain. And here's the other thing, and I don't pay a lot of attention anymore to Stephen A. Smith, but he said something today that I thought was unbelievably relevant. He said, because a lot of people were saying, is this a good deal? Is this the smart move? Is this the right thing to do? And Stephen A. Smith said, Giannis and the Bucks organization have built up enough trust with one another that when he looks them in the eye and he says, I'll do this if you do this, mm-hmm. and then when they do it, he's been a man of his word. They've got enough respect for one another that, and I've said this all along, that they brought his family over. They had people around him to be like surrogate parents when he felt like he wanted to go home because he wasn't from here. He's not from America. This is his only American home ever. Mm-hmm. This is his hometown, and he doesn't want to leave. And as long as there's a respect there, he's not going to leave. And, and and that was a great point today that he brought that up, that there's enough mutual respect between the two sides that Giannis said, I'll, I'll live up to my word, and he signed the deal. So I, I completely agree with that. He's held up his end of the bargain. I, I just, he is a rare breed of NBA superstar, especially like, look at what's going on with the Sixers, right? Everything that they're going through right now compared to the Bucks, it's just, it's a night and day difference. No wonder one team terrible. wins. You talk the about playoffs. the contrast of two guys who are yep. both considered really good players and James Harden and the absolute disingenuous train wreck of an ass that he is versus a guy like Giannis. I mean, it's night and day. And really, here's the other thing is like Harden right now is holding out. He doesn't even want to be there anymore. We all know that. He feels lied to and all the other garbage that goes along with James Harden. This is the third team that he's now done this to. And now, what value does he have? He can't win in the postseason. He doesn't show up in the postseason. He he comes with contentiousness, self-righteousness. He's a, he's a petulant baby. He's not as good anymore as he used to be. Doesn't play defense. What value does he have in the open market? Other than to be a role player on many teams, but his ego won't allow him to be a role player. So if you're the 76ers, you got to scale it back and think, what am I really going to get for this clown? He's a high pra- pra- high-priced baby. That's nothing more. That's all he is. So well, what are you going to get for him if you're the if you're the 76ers? Holy mackerel! What a terrible situation to be in. If his market value is anything great, he would have opted out to become a free agent this offseason. But there was no market for him, so he right. opted in and then told Philly, "Okay, now that I've got my money, now I want you to send me where I would have went in free agency." I mean, it's. Right. It's dumb. I got, I got one more question for you. Buy or sell. College football. I'm interested to get your take on this. Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan football program, Bill, they're in trouble. They're under the gun mm-hmm. because an NCAA investigation has found that Michigan staffer Connor Stallions bought tickets for more than 30 games at 11 Big Ten schools in the last three years, and they have him on surveillance tape sitting in the stands and recording the signs on the sideline with his phone. So, Bill, I'm, I'm curious as to your thoughts on this. Buy or sell, Michigan didn't do anything wrong. It's the responsibility of all these other schools to mix up their signals and be a little bit more sneaky. Uh, it says blatantly you cannot do it, and Michigan did it. Correct. So, I Michigan is 100% at fault. 
Harbaugh knew what was going on. He had to ask, where is this recorded information coming from? It's not like he didn't know. He can't be that big of a, a dumbass. And he took a page out of the Bill Belichick playbook. The only thing that he did was don't bring in television recording equipment like Belichick did. Do it on your phone. And so I would even see if his phone is his phone or if it's a school-provided phone. That's the other thing. Because, I, I look, it's Michigan's cheating, and we all know it. And, yeah, now schools have to change up their signals, specifically because they know what Michigan's been doing. But it's – there you go. It's Harbaugh. And, you know, and in his mind, I'm sure he's saying, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. So there you go. Do you think, let me rephrase this question one last time. Do you think this rule is dumb on advanced scouting? Do you think there should be this letter of the I law protection against signs? For I teams? think absolutely it's dumb. I agree. It's as dumb as dumb gets. Because every in every sport, you send advanced scouts. There's advanced scouts in the NFL. There's advanced scouts in Major League Baseball. Every sport does it. I don't know why NCAA football is so anal about this, but it's it's a dumb rule. It's an absolutely dumb rule. But it's but a it, rule. Is, it is a rule. Okay, we we agree on this. I rule. think hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, it's a rule. So Michigan, and anytime I can blame Michigan for anything in this world that is a negative, I'll I'll do it. <laughs> you go. Hey, and and, right, and yeah. by the way, I still think Ohio State is are sore losers. Like they're going to complain about this. They're still sore losers and and still have lost to Michigan. Oh, absolutely. Like, I think both absolutely. things are true. Uh, look, they dominated Michigan under Urban Meyer for so long, and then all of a sudden Ryan Day and the Earl Shy beard and hair come along, and they can't beat Michigan. Cry, cry me a river, but shut the hell up until you actually beat Michigan because Ryan Day is an absolute positive idiot and can't coach in big games, no doubt about it. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. show just about ready to wrap things up here on this tuesday grant bills alongside show as we get down to the final few minutes of today's show what did we miss grant uh, i almost i'm sorry my o-ring on that one i'm sorry you uh you made me you made me laugh a little bit there um a lot of Giannis takes today is what i've been yeah. noticing and it's a lot of not to be this guy, not to play the small market victim, but it's a lot of national voices like Brian Windhorst saying this is a questionable deal for Giannis. He didn't have to do this. Why did he sign that? I don't know. It's sixty million a year. It's pretty hard to turn that down. Like I, I don't know. I'm just never going to fault someone for even signing a little early. It's sixty million a year. So I've noticed today a lot of national writers, a lot of national analysts. Howard Beck. I tweeted a screenshot of his piece at the Ringer where he's like, "Yeah, this is great for Milwaukee." But also, stars demand trades all the time. Like, who knows? Giannis could demand a trade next year or the year after. So, a little bit of a rain on the Bucks in Giannis's parade today, which has been a little bit of a bummer. Uh, you know, it, look, yeah, I know some people don't think it's a great deal for, uh, you know, the Bucks or for Giannis. Uh, you know, who cares? Uh, I, I love the fact that so many people – here's the thing. So many national people want to cover him in New York, L.A., Boston, Miami – they want him in a big city because of the draw that he would be. And the fact it kills them, the fact that Milwaukee is not only hanging on to him, but now they've got Damian Lillard. 
And I go back to remember when Stephen A. Smith had to come here for the finals some years back and and even for the Eastern Conference playoffs a couple of times, and he's like, I got to go to Milwaukee, you know, because he hates it, especially the time of year you, you usually get here. But by that time, when you get into late April, May, June, the weather's starting to change. It's not bad. But these people have never been here for a, an entire summer. So all they know of Milwaukee is this cold, dark place that, you know, Laverne and Shirley and the Fonz are from and that, oh, by the way, they got a basketball team. And in the summertime, maybe they have a, a you know baseball team, but nobody really talks about that. So to hell with all these people. I'm glad that he's staying. This is his home. This is the only American home he's ever known. So for everybody else out there that's that's crying and whining because Giannis is not going to a big market, bite me. I really don't care. Bobby Marks at ESPN tweeted also that this extension includes a player option in 27-28 and allows Giannis to benefit financially in the future with his next deal because of the over-38 rule. Giannis could sign a short-term extension with Milwaukee in 26 and then a four-year extension with the Bucks in 28. I'm not going to pretend I totally get what that means, but I don't think Giannis is losing out on money. He's got people representing him and, right. and doing the math that are too oh, smart. Oh, God, he gets 20 a year from Nike. Yeah. I mean, you know, come on. I mean, who cares if he loses... 60 million, 20 million, 10 million, or 1 million. I mean, the guy's got over $350 million in the bank right now. And over the next, what, year and a half, four years, he's going to add almost $220 million to that on top of it. So he's going to be, he's going to be at least closing in on $700 million by the time his career comes to an end in Milwaukee, if indeed in the next four years it does. I, try me a river. Also, just kind of a lame thing to be pointing out today. It's like, well, Giannis lost out on a couple. He chose Milwaukee. That's cool. He chose Milwaukee. You lost out on not having a superstar player come to your city because he doesn't want to play there, because he wants to remain in Milwaukee. So, no, he didn't lose out. He gained a fan base that loves him even more for living up to his word. I love it. I love it. Back at it again tomorrow, 20 hours from now. He's Grant Bills. I'm Bill Michaels. Time for us to go. Have a go. Peace.